0: Hi, everybody. Daniel Ramsey here with MyOutDesk. I'm really excited because today we've got a special guest. We're obviously in the talent space. We help businesses get high caliber talent and scale and leverage up. But today we're talking with a PEO company and Rick is here today and he's going to talk to us about what he does and how he serves the industry. And I'm really excited. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, And we're going to just dive in. Could you tell us a little bit about how you started your company and kind of what you do?
1: Well, the, the starting is pretty interesting. If okay. you can envision, I'm a building a house. I'm in a rental house. Uh-huh. And remember kind of, this is 2001. So back then, the computer equipment was fairly heavy duty. You know, the okay. servers, the workstations, all the spare bedroom, right? Got those. Mm-hmm. Uh, older house, I'm blowing fuses. So there's, the the, the solution then is to take those orange, construction cable extension cords. So they're going up and down the stairs, snaking around into the bedroom and I'm processing payroll company of one, 2001. Yes. (laughs) That was the
0: the humble beginning. I love it. So you were in a rental property uh, and you had orange electrical, you know, cables running through your house because you were popping, uh, you're popping fuses.
1: So just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. yeah. And a couple of <laughs> well, kids running around too. There you go. And, a co- yes, and you're a family funny.
0: guy. Yeah, you, I love it. So let's start, Who, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, what your company is and, and what you guys do. So I love the, the launch story. It's like all the famous companies are launched out of a garage, or out of their home. So that's really cool. But let's jump into like your business and who you serve and, and what you actually
1: do. So my background is pretty neat. I think in POs, there's there's a couple different backgrounds people come. A lot of times, maybe it's the sales, and they're really good for building businesses. Um, Mine's more of a technical background in that I'm a CPA. So I really work much more on the administrative side up until my wife had a casual conversation in one of those shared office complexes. And based on that, he was starting a PO. So I joined him, and then four years later, I'm there well, I think I can maybe improve on this or do this a little bit better. And so then I struck out on my own. Um, I'm more a PEO. I like to think we're a high-end PEO in terms of services offered. Um, Maybe, Daniel, maybe a little breakdown of how the PEO industry is kind of oriented. Yeah, let's start with
0: just what a PEO is. Like, let's start there. Get the real basics,
1: okay. Yeah. So what a PEO is, is... We go to small, medium sized businesses, and the value proposition is we will take the burdens of human resources, payroll, workers' comp, unemployment, hiring, those issues, and we'll put them on our shoulders. Right. And the way we do that is we actually do it contractually, in that we become the employer of record. Mm. So the client's still the employer, right? They're still the common law employer. They hire, fire, do those things. They give us, the PEO, certain contractual rights that allow us to be a co-employer. Got and it. so, the, for example, the big thing is the payroll taxes are filed under our federal tax ID number. Got it. And so that gives us the ability then to offer workers' comp to get involved in HR issues, to adjudicate claims. So, that's kind of our foray into it. But the, the big, big takeaway for our clients is um, HR is getting more and more complex daily. Right. Um, state by state, states, some states have leave, other states don't. Some states have various taxes, other states do not. Um, other states require um, disability insurance on the employees. So it gets to be a very complex landscape particularly if you're a multi-state employer and so that's one of the real things we bring to our clients is we bring some they they no longer have to think about that right. they just focus on their business run their business figure out how to do what they do take care of their employees and then we do the backroom things
0: i love it what's the name of your uh, company rick
1: innovative employer solutions
0: and are you guys a national uh a brand? Are you guys serving everybody in the 51 states?
1: We are in 17 states. We're a really strong player in Southwest Florida, a large regional player.
0: And Florida's like the hotbed for PEO companies. Is that like it's that's where it was all started? Why is uh why is Florida such a big um uh adopter of this, early adopter? Yeah, you
1: know, it's it's interesting. Um I think it's because the folks that started it then as they had employees break wages, started more companies. It's kind of like why is Silicon Valley, a um, right. hotspot for technology. Florida's often been called, especially the west coast of Florida, the Silicon Valley of PEOs. So That's it's funny. where it started. Um, actually seventies, uh, really, really early start. And Back then, the pioneers, I mean, there are there different issues they had to fight through because the regulatory bodies understand what the PEOs are, right. what we do, how to regulate us. All those battles have really been um, fought and won to the point mm-hmm. now where we've had federal statutes. It's called a certified PEO or CPEO where the IRS recognizes us. And so we're the final arbiter in terms of remitting payroll taxes. So yes, we've come a long way. Uh, Why it happened to be Florida. It's hard to say. Um, uh, The only thing you can say is really when you, you hear about trends, trends a lot of times start California, Texas, Florida. So it's a trend we started. And I think it's grown so rapidly here is it's, we're such a resource, such a relief to small business owners that we do so much for them. It's just, and our, our industry has done studies, outside independent studies. Ninety percent of a of a, a client with a PEO would recommend using the service to a friend or business mm. associate.
0: That's a pretty high number. I think that's pretty cool. What are some of the common under like uncertainties or anxieties that you guys relieve for the small and medium sized business owners? <laughs> Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here and I wanna tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business Right now, you know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses, and the answer is simple. It's MyOutDesk Virtual Assistants. MyOutDesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States, and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants. And I want to give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word M O D mod to three one nine nine six. And we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call
1: Um, probably the, the couple of the big ones are from, um, workers comps, a big one. Mm -hmm. So how do you set up your workplace? So it's less risky, uh, safety inspections, safety procedures, safety process. But then a lot of that goes back to what kind of folks you're hiring. So we help out with the hiring in terms of how do you get a better quality of person, uh, doing background checks, interviewing techniques, and so we'll really help them hire better folks, and then, but less chance of error if you're hiring the right people. Uh, um, many times you hire workers' comp injury, and so we try to really steer steer them away from that.
0: How do you help? How do you help a med- let's say you have a, a, there's a client who's a medium sized business, and they're about and they they come to you and they say, hey, we we haven't been successful hiring people, or we need a new process. How do you wh- how do you provide that service, and what does that actually look like?
1: Well, there's a couple ways to do it. First, we automate that. So we'll provide them a a cloud-based onboarding process. And so the quicker you can onboard somebody, the quicker you can be more productive with them. So within that onboarding process, uh, the client can do a welcome message. They can tell them about their company. They can sign off on all their policy and procedures, including the safety we were just talking about, their employee handbook. In addition, you get the nine-nine, Uh, W-4, all that type of paperwork sign. So once that's done, um, and even going back for that's actually once the hiring offer has been made and accepted, but prior to the interviewing process, we can help them with uh, software that automates the hiring process. And so the software will identify individuals uh, they can channel where the resumes go, who interviews, the type of questions they ask, and you give feedback to the client so we can automate that as well. And then step that back, we help them what type of questions to ask. And I'm a big fan of behavioral interviewing. So in a behavioral interview, you really try to determine what the behavior has been in prior jobs. and Because that's the best indication of future performance, unlike the stock market. Right. Yes, right. In terms of hiring people, if you figure out how effective they were. And so then that gets down to what type of questions you ask. So you ask really deep, penetrating questions, and not just yes and no's, or or surface type questions, but you always burrow in a little bit more. Oh, well, why? That's interesting. Tell me a little bit more about that. What else right. can you tell me? That's really interesting. And so you get a much better idea of a Candidate and the potential and how they'll uh, operate under your organization if you do a behavioral type interview.
0: What's some? What what's one of your favorite interview questions? I mean, it sounds like you've helped a lot of people in this space, and I always. And we're going a little off script now, which watch out! I'll do that sometimes. <laughs> but that's what
1: we do. We consult. I mean, yeah. so when you say yeah. script, you're actually experiencing the consultative effort of a PEO. We well,
0: I'm always just kind of curious, um, you know, some of, one of my favorite questions was, tell me a person that you admire and respect and why. And, you know, a lot of questions are kind of generic, but when you start finding out what they value, like an interviewee values, you can kind of see if those values align with your organization. So I'm always kind of curious and, and whenever I've asked that question, I get some really good feedback. So I'd, I'd love to hear your favorite interview question.
1: The favorite one of it is one I ask every time and it's near the end because first you need to develop some rapport with the candidate, So they're putting me yep. the, comfortable, you're chatting, interactive kind of conversation. It's all going well. But at some point you say to them, well, gee, Joe or, or Josephine, um, th- this is really great. But we talk to all your references and particularly we're going to talk to your last supervisor. And when I talk to him, what are they going to say about you? Hmm. And it's amazing. I mean, I've had, I had one cow said, Oh no, you don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: and you're like red flag, right? Red flag. Um, okay. If, that's really set cool. That
1: up Kind of in that manner where they believe you're really going to talk. And you, and you should and sometimes you can't because as you know, some uh, employers won't have those conversations. they will just confirm, right. you know, uh, time, uh, rate of pay time, more things like that at the max. But if you can say that sincerely enough and it's your f- f- really intent to do that and the folks believe you, they'll typically be very candid. Yeah, and you can really. always soften a little bit. If I'm going to talk to your supervisor. what would they say your strengths were? So that right. kind of get them talk about their strengths and then you always add, that's great, but maybe tell me a little bit about what they think you should work on.
0: I love it. What's, so it's a little um, bit softer,
1: but you're kind of you're still getting the nitty-gritties.
0: Yeah, when you've um, helped some businesses, what are some of the craziest mistakes that these folks are making when it comes to hiring and onboarding new employees?
1: Um, it's it's funny. Each client's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you get people who the interview. It's it's interesting because when you hire somebody, the cost of that employee can be significant if it doesn't work out, you know, there's right. studies that say trains cost, you put a number on 2,000, 5,000, $10,000. There's a real cost to train So many doesn't work out in terms of errors they make. Yep. Um, just errors, um, time taken from other employees training. So there's, there's a lot of costs there. So it's really important to get the right person. And probably the most amazing thing is when I see employers don't really have a structured hiring process. They kind of get the resume and go, oh, the one, my one o'clock's here? They kind of run off and do their one o'clock and whatever questions that come to their head. And yeah. they typically, if they kind of like them, oh, I like this person, you know, they got some connection, oh, mm-hmm. I think it'll work out. And and again, I think the likability is an important factor because you don't want to hire someone where the gut's not giving you that good, Yeah, this one, this one. Or if the gut's saying, I don't know about this, something's not okay. right. I mean, you got to listen to your gut, but you still on an intellectual level have to understand what, how they're performing and the ways they're performing their past employer.
0: Yep, that's good stuff. Um, Rick, what industries or sectors do you guys primarily serve like when you think about your clients and then what would you what would you like to see for the future of your company? Who would you like to serve in the future?
1: The, um, you know, it's funny, very early on we were starting to talk a little about this. I think we segue a bit. So let me kind of segue back to there's really the PO industries for the most part, broken down into two groups. You have POs that serve more the blue collars. Right. And typically in a blue collar environment because of the workers comp is higher, the driving force there is inexpensive workers comp. Right. And service, not that that those folks don't do good service or a good job, but the service isn't as important or health insurance is important. And having 401ks isn't important they right. basically blue-collar folks, they're looking for relief on workers' comp costs. And so there's those type of entities that serve, POs that serve uh, blue-collar. Right. Then there's more of the white-collar POs such as ourselves who really try to do a full suite of employee support type items. So we right. get into the applicant tracking, applicant support that we we're just talking about. Um, program learning, videos online so they can take and they can train um, on site surveys, studying, training on interviewing, um, benefits, 401k. So for the white collar folks and, and, you know, the upper end, you can say physicians or attorney groups who really need, and it, it gets down to competition. They need to offer a suite of benefits in, in terms to get the employees to work for them. And so right. that's really our niche is working for those folks. Uh, although lately, and one of my interests is really is, to, um, and we've targeted for the upcoming year is to do more with restaurants. Cause I think okay. that's an area we could really help with our expertise.
0: Okay. What is it in the restaurant world that you are going to be adding value? Like, how are you going to add value in the restaurant world?
1: Uh, it's, it's, It's basically the same model. We have a couple of products, lower cost insurance products that really help, particularly because um, ACA, the Affordable Care Act, there's a lot of uh, penalty if an over 50 employer group doesn't follow ACA. So targeting restaurants, there are still folks out there that think ACA doesn't impact them or the ACA has been appealed because you hear parts of it have been the employee mandate has been, mm-hmm. but that law is still very much in effect and effect. And if you're over 50 employees you need to report and you it's need a big to have deal. Insurance. And so I think we can do a lot in that area as some of our initial findings have really proven.
0: That's very cool. I, um, I love, uh, the restaurant business. It's like, it's so now, 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 you know, those, those guys are fierce, Entrepreneurs,
1: um, definitely. And the bigger they are, the more they're moving. They're just they're you, going. Yes, yeah,
0: yes. exactly. That'd be a fun um, industry to serve. One of the one of the things, uh, you know, do traditional businesses push back against PEOS? Like, how challenging is it for a comp- for you guys, for instance, to talk to a potential client and explain the value prop of work working with you? Or and what are the areas that they typically are nervous about? kind of outsourcing?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It, it depends a little bit on the, the client themselves. And typically, um, you know, what we're seeing is kind of transition. You know, the the last generation is starting to move the businesses to their kids or um, a, a, the younger generation or the next generation is starting to take their place in the decision making process. And mm-hmm. so the sales call or the sales proposition can be very different in in how you approach those two different demographics. So if you're talking somebody that's been in business for a while, maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years, um, they can uh, tend to be a little bit more set in, in the way they're doing things. But then they also have been around and they come to the realization that there's certain issues, certain problems, employment matters, that are choking them, that oh. are constraining their growth. And they've been hitting their head so many years on the wall that it's like the light bulb switched off and goes, yeah, this will work. This can help me. I got. So it, it, it kind of cuts both ways. And the Florida market, because POs are so strong, most folks have some idea what we do. As we go into other markets, not so much. So it's more... Uh, teaching, training, educating what the PO concept is, and what our value proposition is. Um, And then if you go to the younger demographics, uh, it's much more of an online sale. Um, Mm. Like my son's that way. And he'll tell me, you have to know him really well before you're allowed to phone call him. He wants to be text. And if you actually phone call folks too early in the process, they're offended. So, you know, you have to really understand the demographic of the market or the business decision maker. -maker.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And are you guys at all um, as an industry, are you guys outsourcing yourself Are all of your services in house?
1: You know, that really can depend PO to PO. Mm -hmm. Um, As I remember a couple of the really large POs that are in our area, when they started out, they actually used ADP as their back end payroll. Now they no longer do that. Right. Um, and so I think a payroll is such a basic function at this point, unless you're a very much a beginner kind of PO and just starting out that you have got your hands around that and you have a system in process for that. Um, right. we, we, there's a couple areas we do like to outsource, um, COBRA administration, because it's highly technical. Uh, you need to send the, the first notice out as soon as the employee signs up for insurance. And right. then the event that there's a uh, they're separated for their employer, then they're entitled to COBRA. So that's another notice. They have so many days to make the election, 60 days to make the initial election, and then to remit their their funds. If none of that's done right, there's tons of case law, right? Uh, and so it can be a real minefield. So we do use an outsourcing uh, on that particular uh, situation.
0: That makes sense. If, if you could say one thing to people who are considering a PEO, like what is the one thing you would tell them or what is like, you know, what's the one thing that matters to them if they're considering hiring a PEO?
1: Given today's labor market, that's extremely tight. Uh, The number one thing I think even as a business person, you really need to focus on is your employees Um, because employees are everything. Uh, How you treat them, how you motivate them, how you encourage them, the benefit offerings you provide them, Um, that's your business, no matter what kind of industry you're in. And and I I think that's only going to increase is because the next generation comes along, their expectations are a little bit different. Um, They're not quite as tied to the employer. There's more independence. They're more seeking experiences in life rather than work experiences in life. And so that awareness and that understanding, I think is really the the fundamental um, issue that's really facing today's business. And so creating those workspaces so the employees are happy. My son works in California and they're Mm. so far ahead of us in this. So you come back in the stories, I mean, they have commuting transportation, um, they get paid benefits. Uh, one, One time in the afternoon, someone said, let's all go get ice cream. They all troop down to the park and, you know, 20 or 30 people buy ice cream, right, you know, it's an IT company, obviously, but, right, you know, but that's what you have to do sometimes to keep your folks happy and to keep them employed and to keep them jumping ship. And I think we can bring a lot of value in terms of employee engagement in terms of uh, the consultation of uh, benefits, keep your folks engaged, hire, help them hire the right folks. I think mm-hmm. we really compliment that very much.
0: That's awesome. Where do you see this industry going over the next five years? I mean, we, you and I, we're both in the HR outsourcing world. We provide talent. You guys are a PEO. So there's a lot of, um, I see a, a massive amount of growth as businesses are kind of understanding the benefits, but where are you seeing this, this industry going over the next five years?
1: I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, I mean, we grow 20% a year. Um, and I'm hoping this year we'll do a little bit better than that cause we're really working very difficult, very, you know, we're working as hard as we can to keep growing our business because I think we have such a good value proposition that I just want to spread the word. Let right. folks know that life doesn't have to be as challenging on the employment side of things. Um, I think our industry will continue to grow because the complexity of the, of the um, HR environment, the employment law environment, is only becoming increasingly comp- daily more complex um, states, counties. Uh, Florida's a good example where um, there's certain laws, federal laws, EOC, Title VII, uh, discrimination-type laws they typically at the federal level are really apply to 15 or more employees. Mm-hmm. And Florida, many counties have elected to take those laws down to the five employer, five right. employees per employer level. Mm-hmm. Which, so there's these employers that are, have six, seven employees don't realize that they're totally responsible for all the penalties, all the things that are gonna happen under the, the discrimination acts. Right so that trend is going to continue and, and you
0: own that our, risk you own that risk is that is that how you that's one of your value propositions is if you're Well,
1: it's our risk in terms of that is more consultative because ultimately the employer still makes the hiring firing decisions and mm-hmm. so if they do something firing and that's usually you know we hear about in a termination justified or not real or not but that's usually where it comes up in the termination end then they really go after the the worksite employer. And so we're there really to keep them from jumping off that ledge, to stop that from happening, to give them advice, talk to us before terminating somebody. And if they do get in that, then we're right there every step of the way working through how to sidestep that, how to um, explain what happened. Because a lot of times it's miscommunications, it's misunderstanding, and many times, that can really be cleared up long before you start getting the attorneys, the litigation. Sure. Uh, wish, yeah. Wish
0: well, this leads us into the next question, which is always my favorite. What do you believe like your guys' special sauce is? Like the thing that makes you uniquely different from any other company out there doing what you guys do?
1: I think it's really the relationships we develop with our clients and it's, there's, there's another debate, I guess. We talked about blue-collar, white-collar. There's probably another division, uh, regional versus national PEOs. Yep. I think at the regional level, the relationships are much deeper with our clients. Um, it's pretty much most of our folks, it's almost like they're married in that they finish each other's sentences. I mean, they, they, we get to know sure. each other that well. We understand their business, so it's not if they call up, they don't speak to somebody that doesn't know them, doesn't know their situation. They speak here to somebody. Um, we had a situation where somebody um, had somebody out on leave for a long period of time, and they're, mm-hmm. they want to know how to handle it. And I said, you really need to do it consistently where you have in the past. You know, there's, there's some, depending on the severity of the person's condition and what's going on, but the number one thing is, you really need to treat everybody the same and however they handled folks in the past. So they kind of had a path they'd picked. I'm saying, let me look at your records a little bit. And so we pulled out some past uh, employee that also had been on leave for a while and how they handled that. And we sent the write up to them and they go, oh yeah, maybe we ought to do it that way. Hmm. And so it could have been huge. Um, You know, those those are the kind of expensive cases because you're talking about ADA and an unlawful termination. And so if you, in one case, don't terminate the person and keep them on board during the leave, kind of following the rules and what ADA likes to see. And in another case, you terminate the person in a much earlier stage. Right. That ADA or she or had an attorney says, why the difference? Cool,
0: I, I appreciate you that. You need to be able to answer
1: that. Better yet, yeah. not to have a difference. And right. so because this client had been with six, seven years, we knew as much, well, actually we knew more about their HR history than they did. And sure. so we were able to give them really good guidance and they're appreciative.
0: I love that. What what um, We're going to wrap up right now, but what kind of uh, advice or encouragement would you give our audience when considering like the PEO
1: world? There's, again, it depends if your audience is blue collar white collar. So if you're a blue collar, Seek those companies out that like blue collar. You know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be more in turn with your risk and there is more risk in the blue collar world. So that's the kind of folks you want. If you're more gray collar or white collar, then you really want to make, then you want to understand what the services are. Because not all POs are created equal. And mm-hmm. then get some references and understand that, to make sure those services are delivered timely and effectively.
0: There you go. Well, Rick, uh, you're the founder and CEO of Innovative Employer Solutions Incorporated. Um, how would somebody get a hold of you guys if they wanted to, you know, explore your particular company and your services?
1: Uh, you find us on the net. It's a great place. Innovative Employer Solutions. We're uh, domiciled in Florida. Um, you want, eight, you want an eight under number two or something? Sure,
0: man. Yeah, let's give it
1: up. Um, Call us directly. Uh, uh, I, I give you 727-323-7979 uh, and you'll ring straight through and we will can start the conversation, start the blog, understand what you need.
0: All right. Again, Rick, thanks for being here. We really appreciate your time today and uh, this has been a great interview.
1: Great, I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Dana, for your time.